Welcome. Another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here again with Jeff Heckman from Tops. Doing, uh, we're going to talk mainly about the e-commerce products that have been so successful for Top Centers. Still out there, ongoing, living set for for one notable one in uh, Project 2020. But thanks other sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Comc.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugging Scott Auctions. And oh yeah, I've got a couple other card companies, Panini and Upper Deck, who have their own exciting things going. But today, uh, the subject is Tops, and I'm here with Jeff. Jeff, enjoyed being with you on a previous episode, but I thought we'd get into some of the more of the details of some of the specific products that are really exciting and focusing mainly on baseball. Maybe I'll, you could say a little bit about soccer, but wow, it seems like you've been on a real roll. The, the Dr. Fauci card, the Project 2020, uh, those are two things where you've gotten notable mainstream press. So welcome, and tell us how you've done it. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Great to be back. I think that um, what we've done is we've built really these great platforms or brands that have been able to attract a lot of collectors, in some cases, baseball fans, maybe in other cases, even like Project 2020, you start tapping a little bit into the art community. So I think that's, that's really been intentional on our part is to try and really create all these brands that have their own unique place, hopefully in the collecting mindset, as well as within the Tops portfolio. So like a few of you mentioned, right, Tops Now was really all about how can we capture moments as they happen and get them in collector's hands a lot sooner than having to wait for Series 2 or updates or Series 1 if it's World Series or something like that. So that was really the genesis behind Tops Now. And then we thought that we go an entire season and really capture all the moments. And baseball is certainly a very long season. So there's some moments that are massive. There's other days where it's just a couple three to, you know, three to one games and things like that. And there's a couple of things that happen, but maybe nothing that people remember in 10 years. And then Living Set, the idea with Living Set was really take great artwork from a renowned artist, Mayumi Soto, and take a great tops design, which is based on art, 1953, and then just chronicle players in baseball history, current players and past players. Only do one card. And it's a set that's never repeated. The goal is to make it cross-generational. So I think we're on year three, four. Um, kind of hard to keep track of some of this stuff. But that's really the idea is every week, new cards. And people get to come to see the awesome artwork and what players are going to be featured this week. And uh, collect your favorite, collect your team, collect them all. There's a lot of different ways that you can collect living set. And then that kind of led up to 2020, which was all about taking iconic tops cards, the excuse of a new decade, and getting 20 really talented, unique, diverse artists and let them have their own take on what these cards are going to be and then put them out and do them for the whole calendar year and see how people are going to react to them. So luckily we carved out our own space and given collectors a lot of different things to choose from. And luckily for us, some of them choose all, some of them just choose parts of different types of card sets, which is, which is great. They get to choose. And I just was realizing we talked to the, the other episode about kind of the psychographics or the collector psychology. Collectors are used to buying a pack of cards in the old days, opening up and seeing what they got. And then they might get what they want. They might trade or sell or they go from there. With the breaking culture now that's out there, people can say, no, I, I just really want my team. And so somebody else breaks the set or the case, and then they, they get what they get. But And many of the e-commerce initiatives that are out there do like subscription boxes that are, that are blind in many cases. And you're, you're being trained in that. It just seemed like uh, that has never, I don't think that's worked very well because collectors want what they want. So somehow when you guys were determining how to set up this direct consumer, it wasn't as much of a pack or something that you didn't know. It was, here's today's guy. You've got a limited time and uh, the supply and demand will have equilibrium based on, you know, if it sells less, then, then there'll be less of them sells more. It's because there was higher demand. And so was that a conscious effort to make these e-commerce things the fun of getting exactly what you want? 
I, to a certain extent, yes. I think with, with some of the ways the programs are set up, it's, it's very much, I mean, tops now this happens. This is chronicled. This is the card. With the way the living set and then product 2020 came out, yes. I think, too, we wanted to differentiate it a little bit from the hobby. Um, there are great things about the excitement with opening a packs and the unknown. And nowadays, there's a base card, there's an auto card, there's a relic card, there's an insert card. There's other kind of things that you can get. So, yes, the known was a part of that, right? You're a Yankees fan, Aaron Judge. Aaron did something great. Get that card. This is his living set week. Don't miss this. And we got a lot of feedback from people like from kids or from certain collectors. I only collect X, Y, and Z. Well, then Tops.com is perfect for you because when we hit on that thing that you want, make sure you buy it. There's no question that you're going to get that. Whereas opening packs of Series 1 or Ginter or things like that, you could be very happy. You could be middle of the road. You could be displeased because it's not the cards you wanted, not the players you wanted. So yeah, I think certainly part of that has been intentional. But I think as time has gone on, there have been some things like On Demand and some of the other brands where we try and meld a little bit of the excitement from going to the store and buying a pack and that unknown and blind element if you're not sure what you're going to get. So well, in some ways, we try and do it. In other ways, like we want to make sure like 2020, we don't want to throw autographs in there. We don't like the same with Living Center. We're like, we could, but it's intentional the way that those products are set up. The, the don't, don't really like surprises unless they're pleasant, positive surprises. So what you've uh, announced in some of your products is, is not that you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get at least that, but you might even get better. And nobody's against that. They want to be the one that gets the, the uh, shorter printed or, or serial numbered or autograph version in some of these things. And so that adds a kicker. Collectors love that. What they don't want is to open. They, they, if you were to have a living set uh, person coming up and you just said, you know what, we're not going to tell you who the person is. Just order it if you feel like it. We're not going to give you any clues. And people would do all kinds of psychology to figure out it's going to be somebody really big or it's going to, or it's going to be a dud. And again, I just, but you, you, it would be difficult to do that because half the people would be disappointed, maybe more than half, because they had these great expectations. Just like nobody goes into a, a case break thinking they're going to, they're going to get duds. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to get the big card. And uh, so I guess yeah. the, the whole thing about the, the consumer, it's not a consumer packaged good because you didn't package it. I mean, it's, it's a, you're walking through a, a museum and say, museum for Project 2020 and saying, that's beautiful art. Tops has it for sale. I can order uh, one or two or 10 or whatever I want. And uh, maybe it'll go up in value. Certainly the early ones did. But does that, uh, is there any consternation at Tops with the range of values in some of these e-commerce being so extreme? You know, we don't really look at the secondary market that closely as far as how we put together our products. After the fact, like everybody, we will monitor and look at what's happening in the secondary market, but we don't try and do anything to make the secondary market do one thing or the other because it truly is print on demand. So I understand the psychology that goes on. You brought up a good example with Living Set, right? If we did Blind Pack one week, I think you're right. I think it could go really great. A lot of people could buy and say, it's going to be the greatest player ever. A lot of people could say, oh, Tops is going to put in a surprise or somebody I don't want. I think that would work for a couple of weeks. And then people after a while be like, I'm not going to get the player I want. So I'm not going to do that. 2020 has been so interesting because it's 48 hours. And if you want to buy it and it's your player, your card, your artist, your team, please buy it. We don't put any restrictions on it. But at the same time, then people look at the secondary market. So it's a very, it's a very interesting dichotomy is because we're going to print as many as people order. And then the secondary market the print runs the signs a little bit, or in some cases, a lot to the secondary market. So it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. Um, as tops, we're the manufacturer, like we want as many people to buy it as can get it. To some of the collectors, they want to buy it and be the only one. So there can be a print run of 1,024 and 
you're one of the guys that has it. So it's a, it's an interesting psychology to watch and see what happens or read about it on social media and some of the message boards. So, but it's interesting. It's not something that we, like if we wanted to set it up, we easily could. We could say there's a limited number, but we're going to cap it while supplies last 3000 available, variable pricing. We could do all sorts of things. But I, I just, I've been around a long time now and I just realized that there were back in the, my, my magazine days, there were a lot of kids that learned about business, about math, about the sport through through the cards and through our magazines. And you know what you're doing is just an extension of that. There, there are young people and older people who are learning about business, that there are no sure things. And the dynamic element of like Project 2020, that some of the early cards are going way above. And then there could be some extreme, very high print runs that right now are not, are, are not the, where there seems to be plenty of supply for the demand. But that's a good lesson for people. This, this, the, even in spite of all the, the great uh, positives in the industry, it can't be that everything goes up automatically and, and, and that there's no dynamic element that you could win, you could lose. I think we're on a winning streak. But, and so I think people don't realize that Tops has, no, I don't think has interest in having a lot of short-term profits at the expense of the overall business. Well, for sure we don't. We've been in business for gosh, over 80 years, and we want to continue to be in business for 80 years longer. We want to continue to appeal to the current group of collectors, find the next generation of collectors, because um, the world's changed a lot. Sometimes it seems like in a very short period of time. So you're right. I think with the way, yeah, we'd love for every single thing that we put out to appreciate right away and everyone to get exactly what they want, be extremely happy, and it'd be great for us and great for the collectors. But as you noted, that's just not realistic with what we offer and realistic in really a lot of industries. 2020 is one of those things where people can collect in a lot of different ways and we know they do, right? If you're collecting with an eye on investments, um, it could be really good. It could be middle of the road. It could be not what you hoped for. If you're a set collector, then you get the cards exactly what you want. And um, it's a great set. And as you said, it's very visual appealing. Hopefully it's something you look at during the course of this year in time, pass around to your kids to look at. That's really awesome. We hope in time it appreciates. We don't want it to lose value and be worthless. But um, at the same time, that's not why we put it out. It's not just about the investment or the future value. It's really about the enjoyment, the card, what, what, what it does for you, whether it's something from Top's Not Living Set On Demand 2020, they all speak to people in different ways. And we just hope that whatever reason people buy, that gives them that sense of satisfaction, joy, the fun of what this hobby really is. Again, the e-commerce crucible is very valuable. It's valuable to Top's and it's valuable uh, to, to gain understanding of what's selling and what's going on. But collectors... Uh, they need to pay attention because the great experiment that you're doing is that when you have two players in one of these uh, direct-to-consumer products, and one of the players is Mike Trout, and the other is a just a, a regular good person, Mike Trout may be 10 times more popular than the other player, but his production quantity might be 10 times greater. I don't have any problem with that, but where people can run afoul is that does not mean that his that value of that card that was produced 10 times as much is also 10 times as much. Something has to give. Otherwise, it gets out of proportion. So you, if you do the math on that, you just think, I've, I've got to be reasonable. A lot more people like Mike Trout or Derek Jeter than this other guy. But at some point, there's some equilibrium in terms of the supply and the demand at that price. And so, again, I just think I, I think it's wonderful what Topps is doing in the e-commerce space with showing adults and kids that uh, this is the way the world works in an unregulated environment, which I'm probably in favor of less regulation, maybe not no regulation, but uh, regulation is self-regulation that you're trying to have an enduring business, which you've done 
and done very well for decades now. Yeah, I, my hat's off to you. And I, well, the other thing I hope, and I, I don't want to, we're almost out of time, but it just seems like your learning experience that you've had, Jeff, with baseball, with these different products. I'm hoping that soccer is a year or two behind or less. That's yeah, I think things I think that can be pumped out there and, and that can help grow that category because soccer is, they're saying basketball is the global game, but really soccer is the global game. Yeah. Agreed. I think a lot of the things that we're learning in baseball, some of the things you talked about, the dynamics in the marketplace, as well as with collectors and consumers, it definitely applies to soccer. Now, soccer is different, as you noted, because it is global and it is played all over the world in different socioeconomic type of environments. So, yeah, we have to take some of those learnings, but it's not just the way this worked in baseball, take it to soccer. Right? You have to figure out the nuances between the markets and the sports and the countries. But it's fascinating. It's so fun to you know look at why people buy, as you mentioned, of course, like Trout and certain players and certain teams we know, as you do. Who's going to buy, what the demand is going to be, how they're going to be. The fun ones are the ones in the middle. We're not sure about how are those going to be responded to and what's the market going to do with with those cards as far as the primary initial buy and then potentially what happens in the secondary market. Uh, Yeah, Jeff, thanks for your time. I basically think that you've been experimenting uh, with some uh, things that all have seemed to work. So uh, hats off to you. I think our hit rate has been good recently. So like baseball, hopefully we keep it up and it's not a small sample size and we keep going. But yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a great experimental environment. And I hope it, uh, like I said, it, it's a benefit to the hobby at large. And uh, for Tops uh, and Jeff, y'all keep up the good work. So thanks, thanks listeners. Thanks, Jeff Heckman. And uh, I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man